0: is over the line broadcasting live from the Lyuna studios you're worth so much more on the wisconsin sports zone radio network
1: well there is only one appropriate song to start over the line today and it sounds a little like this just gonna let it ride for a second of Matt Lafleur and Joe Barry.
2: Sometimes it's hard this
1: would be a little to be old a school woman. country, obviously. Matt Lafleur's press conference yesterday. Given a lot of Packer Nation, very upset, very perturbed with uh, one defensive prowess of the defensive coordinator Joe Barry. Oh, uh, Matt Lafleur got up on the podium you heard and he said, "It ain't happening, folks. If there was an b- answer, a better answer." In the halls of Titletown, he would do it. Doing but instead, there isn't. And Matt LaFleur says about Joe Barry that he's going to stand by his man.
2: But if you love him Joe
1: Barry is not going anywhere as correctly him. predicted on these airwaves yesterday by myself and Rowdy. Even it, it ain't happening for Joe Barry midseason. The Packers won't do it. And they'll continue on with one Joseph Berry. And at the end of the season, at the end of the season, when the contract runs up, runs out, I should say, then Joe Berry will be not retained. His services no longer needed at Town. So here you go. LaFleur, Joe Berry.
3: Standing by, his man, Joe Barry's going nowhere. Yeah, obviously we didn't expect anything different. <laughs> yeah, it was, it felt like it would be Joe Barry or nothing for the rest of the season. But you know, I don't even really know if there's a viable option for a defensive coordinator on the roster. Yeah,
1: it's like, like I could. Lafleur said he's going to like have more say in the defensive play calling now.
3: Okay, yeah. great. An offensive guy that's <laughs> yeah. now doing defense. Yeah,
1: cool, sweet. Awesome. Before, yeah, who's even who would even be a replacement? Like the one guy that was there last year that everyone loved, those big Ura Ra guy, but Jerry Gray. He's with the, what? The Falcons? Yeah. Like
3: if this were to have been the situation last year, I think you're right in saying Jerry Gray could have easily been the guy that everyone pointed to. You had multiple players on the defense say Jerry Gray is the guy that pumps us up. Jerry Gray is the guy that gets us our game plan. Yada yada yada. I don't know. It feels like it's just Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur this year. We were talking about Adam Stetovich as the offensive coordinator yesterday. Yeah. Doesn't it just feel like everybody outside of (laughs) Joe Barry, Matt LaFleur, and Rich Bisacci are just kind of coaches that skate by. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like They're not really talked about a whole lot. It's always LaFleur, Bisacci, Barry, most of the time because of how bad the the team's struggling or maybe something isn't going right. Yeah. always. everyone else just kind of skates by and is unnamed. You don't even know most of the names of them either. That's the thing. It's because
1: I don't know if that helps or hurts them for the skating by, Uh, but yeah, Matt LaFleur. Listen, you got to have a fall guy. Joe Barry's the fall guy this season. Like this, we've said this about Joe Barry. He's always the Trump card to be the fall guy. I thought it would have happened at the end of last
3: year. I 100% thought he was going to be fired, too, last year.
1: But LaFleur stood by his man again. This isn't a Joe Barry problem. This is a Matt LaFleur problem. And I was thinking about the Twitter poll we ran yesterday, Rowdy, and it was, you know, who do you blame more for the Packers' woes? Is it Matt LaFleur or is it Joe Barry? I think we were a day early on that poll. I think think the poll should have been ran today because now I see more people getting on the, I think this is a Matt LaFleur problem train, than the Joe Barry problem after the press conference yesterday. I think as... Over the line always is cutting edge. I think we were a day early on the Twitter poll. I honestly do. I might rerun it again today to see if it, it, it flips. Because Joe Barry won uh, convincingly yesterday in the Twitter poll. Hell, I'll run it again today just for craps and giggles to see what happens. I think we were a day early in the tw- Twitter poll. Rowdy, I know you abstained from voting. Would you vote today if I reran it?
3: No, I think I'm still, I'm still <laughs> on the fence on that one. It's like it's, it's both of their faults. No, like, it totally is both, yes. The fact that Joe Barry is just Joe Barry...
1: It's uh, our good listener J A Krebs. Um, you know he said this a while ago, and I've I've come to like to it. I like into it. It's not Joe Barry's fault that Matt Lafleur won't fire him. I e it's a Matt Lafleur problem. It is not Joe Barry's fault that Matt Lafleur will not fire him. In fact, Krebs uh, he tweeted me yesterday. I didn't read it. He goes, will say, I'll say it. I don't like Lafleur's personality. He's not a winner. I don't want him to be the coach of the Green Bay Packers, and he doesn't deserve the job. He's a front runner who just wrote a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'd fire him before I'd fire Joe Barry. I think you can got to agree with that sentiment, Rowdy. Like, I don't think... You said this a lot, too, and I agree with you 110%. LeFleur is... He, he, he's he's not a leader of men.
3: Well, I don't know if I would fire him before I would fire Joe Barry. <laughs> but a little two-for-one, maybe? Yeah, I... <laughs> I think if anything I'm keeping LaFleur and finding a new D C, not canning them both. But if you had to, yeah, both isn't out of the question. But I think as of right now I think LaFleur's safe. Yeah, LaFleur
1: LaFleur if he's got one more year of disaster next year, then then there's a different story. But for as much as I think LaFleur is the problem over here, you're not going to do it. You have Jordan Love, his first year starting, right? Brian Gutekun's got a lot of eggs in that basket too. Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekun's are the reason why they traded up to get Jordan Love. You're not going to get rid of Jordan Love year one as a starter under Matt LaFleur.
3: It's just not happening. It'd be it'd be poor it'd
1: be bad business I would say.
3: Well, I am starting to see some fans coming out of the woodwork talking about trading Jordan Love now that there's a <laughs> he's shown a little bit. I
1: thought that was racist for Caleb,
3: Caleb Williams <laughs> for you know top five draft picks. Uh, that seems pretty crazy to me. If you got one and you, <laughs> you basically, you got him ready for three years.
1: Yeah, just to trade him.
3: Just to trade him. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It'd be
1: absolutely absurd if they were to do that. Uh, yeah. Rowdy had found a really funny tweet. We'll have to get to that tweet because um, there's another uh, this is Rashad Mendenhall making a really hilarious tweet as well. Uh, I wanted to bring up today in a little, a, a fun segment, uh, but yeah, I mean to the Packers yesterday, I don't know what fans do you think? Do you think the majority of fans out there really thought that Joe Barry was going to be fired
3: or is it just a pipe dream that they had? I think some of them thought he would be fired. Maybe not many, but probably they just wanted to yell it. Yeah. I, I think just wanted to join the masses with pitchforks.
1: Like, Twitter's not real life, and people get all crazy on Twitter uh, about all that stuff. And then in reality, I mean, as Matt LaFleur said, it, if they had a better option in-house, they would do it. <laughs> Who would be the better option? It's just not, it's just not there. Like, again, Jerry Gray... Because remember when the Badger or the Badgers, the Packers were struggling a little bit, Rowdy, and it was like, yeah, Jerry Gray really fired us up. He was the Ura Ra guy. What was he the Was he the defensive backs coach, the DB coach? And Joe Barry is the one that was like quiet and just kind of like you know not firing the guys up. And it was it was Jerry Gray, the in your face guy, to get you fired up.
3: Speaking of uh, some of the names that I've seen kind of thrown around out there on Twitter. Obviously, Robert Sala is gaining more traction with the Jets getting eliminated and maybe the Jets making a change at head coach. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: I've seen, let's see, it was Robert Sala. It was Bill Belichick. I saw Bill Belichick. (laughs) Uh, One, I don't think he would take a defensive coordinator position, especially when he's chasing the all-time wins record. (laughs) (laughs) But then then I also saw some other people saying, no, 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 fire LaFleur and Barry, make him the head coach.
1: (laughs) I saw Jimmy Leonard, obviously. You saw that one floating out there.
3: Oh, there was one more, too. There was
1: um, Al Harris from the Cowboys. Yes, Al
3: Harris. uh, There's a big mic in the Cowboys. Yeah, for D.C. Yeah, Al Harris, who's... uh, Yep, Northern I think we Jersey covered world. it. I think uh, Jim Leonard, Al Harris, Robert Sala, and Bill Belichick, those have been the four popular names.
1: <laughs> None, I don't think any of those will happen, uh, by the way. Uh, let's see. Let's get a vibe on uh, on everyone out there. Event line again today. Sure, why not? I got the Twitter poll out. It's um, We were just too early on it yesterday. As now uh, Joe Barry, when we ran it yesterday, who's the blame for more of the Packers' woes? Joe Barry won. Uh, let's see the Twitter poll. 65.5% to 34.5%. I now go and do it uh, Look uh, today after Matt LaFleur's press conference. Boys, Matt LaFleur is now in the lead for who's to blame for the Packers' woes. Shows. Matt LaFleur is now 54% to 45%. Matt LaFleur versus, versus Joe Barry. We were just one day ahead of it as now people are, are beginning to turn more so uh, on LaFleur. But let's hear. JJ says, Joe Barry making Baker look like prime Joe Montana is definitely a coaching issue. On that side of the ball. Well, in the presser yesterday, and I'll play the clips momentarily, Matt LaFleur talked about how it was a lack of communication or trying to get communication out there. Well, uh, yeah. isn't communication a a, a, a coaching issue? Well, I mean, they're not in the communication <laughs> business, so not really. LaFleur even agreed <laughs> with it. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, line one, though. Good morning. Who's this?
0: Hi, this is Nader.
1: <laughs> hey, Nader. What's up, dude?
0: Gentlemen, how are you?
3: Later, I'm on cloud nine, baby.
0: Man, I can't really get past. Always fantastic.
3: on. Yeah, and I'm always living the dream. Just waiting for Scott to call in. It'll be around like 930, I'd
0: imagine. Yeah, you are going to ask you, what, who sings Southern Girls by Cheap Trick? I never even heard that damn song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, that that The question pops up at least three times a week, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: so I, with the Green Bay Packers, they are the youngest team in the league and I are going to follow Bill Michael's thing, is they're the youngest team in the league by just a very short distance. And if they had, say, Mason Crosby still as their kicker, who could maybe help things along, that would make them like the fifth oldest team in the league.
1: So they needed some older cats old, on?
0: I, I just think it would be nice if they are the youngest team, but it would be really nice if they had a veteran on the field somewhere. Anywhere?
1: Some guy that- was that anywhere or a specific position, like, I don't know, like a veteran wide receiver or
5: uh, that would help.
0: But like, you know, on the old line, have you seen uh, Julian Edelman does a great Bill Belichick impression hmm. and he, you know, on his first day of practice, he said, you see that number 75 up there? That's Matt light. And I'd appreciate it if you knew his F and name, <laughs> you know, just to have a 10 year veteran in there when you come into the huddle, to calm down. Everything's going to be fine, guys. Instead of pointing fingers and being young, I mean, it just, the old man ain't going to hurt you. Well, what, he went to Philly, Philly Eagles last night. I know they lost, and they're not the hottest anymore. but see old Fletcher Cox is still out there chugging away. Here's <laughs> your Hall of Famers. your know, Hall of Famer on the Packers lineup right now.
1: What if Doc Diari was fun. out there? He's what, 30? 30? Oh, yeah. 30? He's like he
3: 30. 33? Games. He might be 34. He's an old man. <laughs> Who's that?
1: I said, if David Bakhtiari was out there, would that alleviate some of the woes? 32. He's 32. Not,
0: not anymore. I mean, if he played consecutive games and was a powerhouse.
1: Not just a walking paperweight? Board. What's that again? Not just a walking paperweight.
0: Yeah, he's kind of. Somebody brought his name up to me yesterday, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that guy."
1: <laughs> oh yeah, he's oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, he's been a.
1: So Nader, you would you say know, a, a veteran, a, problem, was, a veteran presence on this team would alleviate some problems, yes?
0: I it would help, or you know, on the defensive line or somewhere. Yeah. Um. You know, an old linebacker like that coach for uh, the Oakland Raiders. Um. Can't remember Antonio Pierce. Yeah, right? you know, just ten-year, ten-year grinder, a zillion tackles. Is he going to get in the Hall of Fame? Not sure, but he can sure tell a guy that's twenty-three years old to just cool it and not point a finger in the face.
1: Would you fire Joe Barry right now, and then hire Clay Matthews as DC? Clay Matthews. I'm just thinking Four? of <laughs> <I'm> Just thinking <laughs> of the old defensive guys that are like aren't that old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. know. I think Clay Matthews is probably more of a player than a coach.
1: <laughs> He's also an actor too, so
0: yeah. Wow. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. Thor.
1: Well Nader, anything else before we let you go, homie?
0: Well, Clay Matthews is a guy that kind of guy that he passes the eye test. <laughs> Great. That's handsome. That's a bunch of well, handsome, handsome bunch of garbage for any boy.
1: Well, Nader, we love you, buddy. You're 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 our own Clay that. Matthews too, you handsome SOB. Just less hair. See you
0: buddy. Jack Mastery, how many dudes in Wisconsin, how many big, bad <laughs> idiots are around with a Clay Matthews jersey on because he gets sacks, man.
1: <laughs> later, we'll see you later, buddy. See you later. <laughs> okay. there was a Al Harris was linked to the Packers, Rowdy. We were talking, like, who would replace Joe Barry? Al Harris was one linked. He's with Mike McCarthy with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and apparently he's rising fast and people all across the league love him. The Jimmy Leonard. What
3: else is on there? Bill Belichick. Does it feel like some of the shine on Jim Leonard has kind of like yes. worn off?
1: Yes. Yes.
3: Especially oh. with him sitting out this year. Well, it hasn't. Yeah. He's
1: just what? Yes. He's just a guy that's in his house looking at a computer screen, being a, what a defensive analyst. Yeah. For Illinois. So yeah. like, you know,
3: he's just like giving notes, right? It's yeah. Like he's doing Especially much. He's watching video and like sharing his thoughts to the defensive staff. He's not even allowed to.
1: He's not even coach. there. Yeah. Like. Th- didn't he set that up so he could still be at home as well? Yeah. He's there for like four days a week. Yeah. So I don't know. Has J- has Jimmy Leonard lost shine? I mean, you usually do when you're when you sit out. Yeah, that's true. I mean it just comes with the territory, right? Yeah. And then uh what Robert Salah. All right, so I saw he was on the hot seat for the Jets. So they fire Robert Salah, Rowdy. But the Jets get rid of Salah with Rodgers going down four snaps
3: into his career. I mean, doesn't that feel like uh if it does, it would be a pretty good opportunity for Matt LaFleur to say You're my best man in my wedding. How about you? Come out. out. Why don't you be my best man on defense? (laughs) And then maybe he'll bring along his brother, too, because he's on the. uh, Will you be my best man? He's on the offensive staff on defense. I mean, that's funny. You got to at least kind of at least ask if he if he becomes a a free agent coach. Now, maybe maybe he'd be in line for another head coaching job. Who knows, but he's definitely going to be up for a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You'd have to at least kick the tires, and you'd think you would think that you'd have somewhat of a, of a inside track being that you guys are that close of friends.
1: I know you're a best man at my wedding. Used Will to, you be my best man on defense? That's funny, Rowdy. That for, was good. Uh, yeah, for uh, um, – What's his face down at LSU? Yeah. Will you be the best man? <laughs> <Live, laughs> oh. My ears. Jesus. Learn how to not hang up. Uh, line two. Hello.
4: I never hang up on you guys.
1: Your phone cut out. It's Corey. Oh, hey, Corey. Hey, Corey. What's up, brother? said so I'd never hang up on you guys. I know. You Good never... Morning. can't quit you. Morning, Corey. been a while since you called in, Corey. It's been a minute.
4: Yeah. Well, I think I had the cousin the the bioweapon that she does add. My wife added to It starts all your voice. Oof. Cutting out, and then, like, you just have an upper respiratory infection for, it feels like, for forever. So, like, finally, like, since almost before Thanksgiving for my wife, she's finally laughing. She's like, I've stopped coughing. So, the Sasquatch Mike would say, it's going on. He's in the Weather Channel voice for you, right there. Yeah, yeah, But um yeah, so pack, Jack. I kind of wonder why... They always start Aaron Jones, but like they never really use him that much because he's arguably one of your two best players in the whole team. Have you guys figured that one out yet or
3: not? No, it's been a floor problem this whole time. <laughs>
1: it,
3: it was, was even t- a McCarthy problem before that.
4: Mm, yeah. Well, you'd I mean, always say we're going to run the damn ball, but they never ran the never damn ball. Did.
1: Uh, Jones was injured a little bit early in his career, uh, and then they're always like, "We're saving him too." McCarthy. All of a sudden, he's he number one back, and Lafleur would be like, "Oh, I forgot he's even on the roster. I, I can't believe I only got him eight carries. I got to do better." And then the next week, it'd be, "Oh, I got him seven carries. I got to do better." So anyway, that's
4: really my pet peeve. I mean, <clears throat> guys, all the ground already was the defensive coordinator, so I'm not going to rehash that and stuff. I think. Uh, Al Harris is an intriguing option. I don't know if this is like a name you can just pluck out of the air because I'm sure there's a lot of other folks that like him. But I think he did well with the pack attack. He's got one of the most iconic plays of all time as a oh, team. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah.
4: Dreadlocks in his wake. I was at that game. That was pretty awesome. What a game to be at. Hell yeah. It, it was what a game to be at. And um, you know, Jimmy Leonard, he might have to start from the bottom and work his way back up because sit down for a year. I'm not so sure he's just going to be able to like, parachute into the next golden ticket situation for himself, to be honest, that he touched on that. Yeah. Because, you know, you're right, he's basically been just kind of hanging out at home and watching film on a computer versus doing it in person. Yeah. I yeah. think a nice Christmas card idea there, rowdy from the floor, you could send that to Robert and be like, you're my best man at my wedding. <laughs> He'll be my best man of defense. That's a great
1: <laughs> rowdy quote right there. That was a great joke.
4: <laughs> it's an all-timer. Well, I'll let you guys get going. I know you probably got Scotty on the line. You want to get some music trivia. So. I
1: don't know if we essentially want to, but uh, so, there well, is another person on, Corey. Hey, how's Vegas, by the way?
4: I think that's probably what ended up getting us sick again when we came back. But it was pretty fun. A lot of, uh, a lot of people smoking, cranking heaters in the casinos out oh, yeah. there. It's quite a different oh, yeah, experience baby. when you head out there.
1: And um, love that second smoke.
4: It's pretty wild, though. Be able to just walk into Walgreens, you buy like a five dollar IPA, just walk up down the strip. That was a nice, cheap way, life hack. FYI, oh, yeah, it's great. Walk into Walgreens or CBS and just get like <coughs> 16 ounce IPAs, and you're beautiful like, rocket fueled for the whole day. It's beautiful. So, I love it.
1: FYI, yeah. all right. Guys, have see you fun with the music. see you, you buddy. Yeah. See you, buddy. <laughs> Rerunning the poll. We did a poll yesterday. Who's more to blame for the Packers' woes? Is it Joe Barry or is it Matt LaFleur? Joe Barry won. Uh, it was 64% of the vote going to Joseph, Joseph Barry. Uh, and then after the Matt LaFleur press conference, we're going to play momentarily here. Um, I said, who do you blame now for the Packers' woes after LaFleur's presser? LaFleur now winning the vote today by 59%. Well, let's hear a couple of comments. Matt LaFleur was asked, will Joe Barry... Joseph Berry's continue to play, uh, call the plays for the Packers defense.
6: Yeah, that's that is plan. Why do you think he puts your defense in the best position to win these couple games? Well, like I said, I mean, if I thought that was the best solution today, then we'd make that decision.
1: Uh, who else is in the gonna do it? You know, uh, LaFleur continued on saying it's a communication thing. Well, isn't that a coach's thing then?
6: When you're having basic communication problems and you're supposed to be in a certain coverage or a certain rotation and we're not getting that communication, That that's what's so disappointing to me is the fact that it was poor communication. And it, it always starts with us. I mean, as it starts with myself and then it goes to all our assistant coaches.
1: So again, that's a coaching thing. Uh, the reporters then followed up and said, okay, if you aren't communicating and executing defensively, then again, I ask the question, why are you keeping Joe Barry around? Because I've seen us
6: execute this stuff before. So, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened at this time of the year in such an important game. But I've seen us execute it earlier in the year and or in previous games.
1: And there was a point in time, right in the season where, like, the Packers' defense was, like, the saving grace of this team. Like, they they were the ones that was doing it. It was Joe Barry and the Barry boys. Well, the floor was then asked about the game, you know, first a couple of Tommy DeVito, Mr. Gabagool doing it, and then he go against Baker Mayfield, and he's got a perfect pass rating at Lambeau. Uh, LaFleur is asked, again, Are there some calls that Joe Barry and he himself wishes they had back?
6: I'd be the first one to admit there's a couple play calls that I would like to have back in that game. I know there's some that Joe would like to have back. In particular, some of those third and three to four yard plays where we're playing soft zone and they can easily get a a free completion. Just like there were a couple calls I'd like to have back in the red zone, and that's football. But hopefully we can learn from that and not make that same mistake twice.
1: So before we do this uh, next question, LaForce is asked again about communication issues happening. Remember, uh, I think it was Friday we played the Joe Barry clip, or maybe it was Thursday, where he th- kind of threw um, was it Valentine under the bus because he was f- the farthest away from the sideline, and that he couldn't quite get the communication that we talked about playing like the telephone game. Remember that?
3: Yeah, and, where he couldn't just have like your safety in the middle of the field yell it over to him. Yeah, or... Joe Barry was the one being like, "Well, you know,
1: he, he's the farthest away from me. It's hard to communicate. Again, communication goes on the coach." Lafleur again asked, "How do these communication issues keep happening?" It
6: happens by people not talking and <laughs> setting the front a certain way, or making sure that the safety rotation is the the right way, so your backers aren't bossed over one way and you're rolling that way. It just there was way too many examples of that, and it, as dumbfounded as you are right now, that's how that's how I felt watching it.
1: They practice this every week to prepare for a game. Yet we're in what week? Going into week sixteen. And LaFleur's like, I'm
3: just as dumbfounded as you are. And I feel like that's where it can't happen. And that's one of the things that frustrates me about Matt LaFleur. It's like he'll come back and say, well, we practiced well or we didn't practice well or I need to watch the tape or that just can't happen. I need to be better. And at what point where it's like, when are you going to fix it? Like those those are the things that I get frustrated with with Matt LaFleur.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Another one from LaFleur. Okay, LaFleur does say he
3: needs to take
1: a bigger role in the defense and he needs to have more of a presence. To make sure that him and Joe Barry are on the same page.
6: If you don't have all 11 on the same page, it obviously starts with our staff making sure all our coaches are in lockstep. But if you don't have all 11 on the same page, it takes one guy and then everything goes to crap after that. And you get exposed. And unfortunately, we got exposed in a really, really bad way.
1: All right. There you go. There's there's the little tidbits of Joe Barry from Matt LaFleur. Still trying to figure out his middle name. Starts with an M.
3: Joe, what'd you say? Miss Joe miscommunication Barry. Rowdy. There's, yeah, a, there's an M. And it just seems like these things continue to happen. They continue to pop up and they don't get fixed, and it's the same problems. That's that's why it's frustrating because it's over and over. And then it feels like, especially to the fan base, that Matt LaFleur is just sticking up for a buddy.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Now Matt LaFleur needs a fall guy. Joe Barry is his fall guy. A lot of people now after the press yesterday turning on Matt LaFleur saying it's the LaFleur problem. I've been saying that for a while. Joe Barry, uh, J.A. Krabs, one of our great listeners, Jordan, said uh, maybe it was earlier this year maybe it was the end of last year. It's not Joe Barry's fault that Matt LaFleur won't fire him. It is a Matt LaFleur problem. Matt LaFleur has a fall guy, though. His name is Joe Barry. At the end of the year, Rowdy, well, people are saying, well, Matt LaFleur can fire Joe Barry at the end of the year. He's not going to fire Joe Barry at the end of the year. Because why, Rowdy? He's
3: not under contract next His year. His contract runs out. And that just kind of feels like the guy that Matt LaFleur is, right? He's not going to step on any toes. He's not going to fire a guy the year before. It's a lot easier of a relationship breakup just to say, well, your contract's over and Robert Sala or Brandon Staley or some guy with a, you know, a little more clout is available. We had to go that way.
1: Has Matt LaFleur ever fired
3: anyone? Did they fire? Or did Mike Patton's contract run out? No, I'm pretty sure his contract ran out as well, because yeah. I believe it was, a one-year, it was deal a one-year deal after. It was like a stopgap with Matt LaFleur's first year. I don't think he officially really fired. Did he fire Mo Drayton? Uh, they did after the season. But that was after the season. And they were, they were horrible. And they were going to the Pro Bowl. So it, it wasn't like it was an in-season fix.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Has Matt Lafoy? I don't think he's ever fired anyone in season. Mo Drayton might be the the one. And that was remember because the Packers staff was uh, voted to go to the Pro Bowl, and we're saying, can you believe that Mo Drayton is going to be at the Pro Bowl, and then like a week before the Pro Bowl, then um, he got fired. Then he got f- fired, or yeah, I think he was fired. You get a, a guy who cries at halftime is not firing a guy in season. Joe Barry's contract will just be allowed to run out at the end.
3: I agree with that.
1: Oh, Dougie said that was his son. Oh. Land <laughs> 1, good morning. Yo. R- Kinger, Rory, what's up, dude?
2: Okay, so.
1: A little late, little no late phone surprised. call for you today, brother.
2: Uh, it, it ranges. <laughs> uh, obviously, no one's surprised that Matt LaFleur did not have the, the guts or the balls to fire Joe Barry with three games left. But, but. you know what's going to happen. In these last three games, Green Bay's going to win out. Joe Berry's defense is going to put up
1: semi-stellar semi, semi
2: stellar numbers.
1: The Berry boys are back?
2: The, the Packers might sneak into the playoffs, might just, you know, fringe here and there. And since Joe Berry finished the season, you know, on a high note, Matt LaFleur is going to bring him back for at least one more season.
1: <laughs> on Rowdy's one-year run-year one deals? <laughs> <laughs> if no, there's no way. He, well,
2: don't never say never. That's
1: true. Will we riot? Oh, I mean, there's already a website going it, around. it. Like it's like firejoeberry.com. dot com. There's like a petition out there.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, but I, I would not be surprised if that that's how the season ends. You know, Packers actually get momentum going, you know, maybe the floor, like you said, he said, he'll he stick his nose in the defense.
1: Yeah, and, here it is, you know, com. Here, I found it. Here it is. It, it exists. This is your official Fire Joe Barry thread. Baker <laughs> Mayfield becomes the first visiting quarterback ever with a perfect pass rating at Lambeau Field. Here's the link.
2: Does uh, Vagabond have the uh, counteract website?
1: I don't know. He's in D.C. Um, I think he's trying to make another video in the Senate. I don't know. We'll we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> because <of laughs> anything else Ganger?
2: no right, just the sooner he's gone the sooner things might get better but you know like they said who who would you replace him with for the last three games
1: yeah yeah but, yeah Ganger, we love you buddy anyways. nice hearing yep. from you Sorry. adios muchachos yeah, fire Joe joeberry's time in green bay must come to an end Joe Barry has duped nfl teams for years And Matt LaFleur is his latest victim. Barry is consistently underperformed, and Packers fans deserve better. This team is too talented to be led by a subpar coordinator. It's time for LaFleur to do what Packer fans have been clamoring for years. It's time to fire Joe Barry. Hashtag fire Joe Barry. And then you can go sign the petition. (laughs) It's not... Matt LaFleur is the problem. Yes, Joe Barry is too. Matt LaFleur... They have 2,687 signatures right now already. Will you sign this pledge? Line two, good morning.
5: Hey, how are you guys doing? Bill here. Hey, Billy. What's up, man? Guys, do, you, does, do people really think that Matt LaFleur is not telling Joe Barry to run this defense? I mean, do, does, do people think that, like, he's telling Joe Barry to run a tighter defense and Joe Barry's going and doing it completely different? And I I wonder.
1: I said, I wonder because the presser after the the loss against the Giants, Matt Lafleur seemed very perturbed and uh, not knowing what Joe Barry was doing in the presser, but he could be just playing coy up there in the podium.
5: I don't know. I don't. I mean, am I am I wrong in thinking? I mean, he's the head coach. I mean, Joe Barry isn't setting. Isn't Joe Barry setting the defense up per what he
3: wants? Yeah. The only thing I would say, I mean, I'm not
5: saying fire. I'm not saying fire. Matt Lafleur. You know, I see some good stuff. I love where, where how Jordan Love has progressed. But I mean, let's not fool ourselves. That's Matt Lafleur's defense.
3: I mean, it just the only thing I on would top. say that Matt Lafleur has said in the past impressors is like, yeah, I don't really get too much into the defensive side of the ball or like special teams because I don't know a ton about that. Like he's clearly an offensive-minded head coach. He's he's a coordinator. He's a play caller. So I'll, I'll give him a bit of a pass on getting too deep into the defense if he doesn't know it. I actually think that's probably being smart and saying. Dude, if I don't know that much about it, I don't want to stick my nose in there because I could screw it up even more.
5: I, I understand what you're saying. And don't you also think, Rowdy, that he's telling him to play loose, those loose zones. Don't you think that's coming from him He's after the Giants game or even some of the other games? You don't think he's going to say, hey, let's tighten this up a bit. I mean, I get he's not calling the plays don't you think he has a few inputs in there? Because he's the one that takes the blame for the loss,
3: right? He, prob- he probably does, but I also think his biggest fault to me would be the fact that this has been ongoing now for three years where he's had to come and say stuff about Joe Barry and, and you know the scheme they're playing or why they did this versus that and maybe they should have done this. My biggest thing is... If you were having this many struggles and you're not a defensive guy and you know that there needed to be changes, why didn't you make the change at defensive coordinator?
1: Right.
5: Rowdy, I agree with you 100 percent. And I called this last winter, the guy that went to Atlanta. I wish he would have been the defensive coordinator. Jerry Gray. And I feel that I feel that. Matt LaFleur should be fired from the standpoint that he kept Joe
1: Barry around. Yep. Joe Barry is that bad. Yes. Everywhere. It's not Joe Barry's fault Matt LaFleur didn't fire him. Yeah. I agree. I agree. You're a smart man, Bill. I don't know about that, but you know I what? I know. I know. You're a smart guy. You know what? You're a smart cookie. I'm
5: enjoying a beautiful morning with the sun out. It's kind of nice out, guys.
1: Dude, Christmas, almost hot. could be 50 degrees. Beautiful. Love it. Amazing. You know, one
5: more one more thing before I go. Yeah. I was I was so sure the Packers after they beat the Chiefs and the Lions.
4: Same, so was
5: I. I was so sure so they were going to go at, at least win four of their fi- final five games.
1: Same. <laughs> I was like, I, mean, I can't wait for this stretch of schedule. We're just going to put it out. Rowdy and I were talking about eleven and what were we talking about, Rowdy? Eleven and six? Eleven and yeah, eleven and six was a possibility. Ooh, it was a possibility. We were ex- we were excited.
5: I mean, didn't they look good? Yeah, they holy did. Black That's
1: black the guys. thing.
3: I know, dude.
5: I
1: know. Hey uh, <laughs> <holy> guys. <laughs>
3: Have fun. See you, Bill. You're the See, man. You See you later. Well, I would say moving forward, maybe Barry and Lafleur get a bit of a pass this year because it was a younger team, so they weren't really... They weren't really in the spot to contend for a true playoff team or f- truly for the division. So maybe maybe that ge- well that definitely I think gives LaFleur a pass but you have to think he makes a change this offseason because yeah. if, if he doesn't make a change that this offseason him. and they sign Barry to like a one year deal or whatever but it is
1: totally getting fired at the end of the
3: And you struggle again next year. It's you and it's Barry.
1: Yeah. Right now Barry, Barry will be the fall guy at the end of the year. Matt LaFleur after his presser yesterday, uh, you actually didn't catch this because if you watched it online, the broadcast cut out. And I know a lot of the um, the media members uh, they unplugged their their gear. But as Matt Lafleur walked out, he requested a song be played. actually this was a walk out song for Matt Lafleur after he uh, said Joe Barry is not going anywhere. I kid you not, it, it, it happened. Trust me. Trust me, it happened. I, this was his walkout song. Stand by, your man. Stand by your man. And show the world you love him. Yes, he loves Joe Barry. Rowdy, we pulled up the old list. Uh, real quick, though, I want to give a shout out to um, Christina from Q106. She just brought in some baked goods for us. There's four, five different kinds of. Well, now, What is this, Rowdy? What is this?
3: I don't know. I didn't have one of those.
1: I think it's pretzel sticks covered in caramel or caramel if you're fancy. Mm, maybe not. I don't know what that is. It's butterscotch. That's what it is. Do you like butterscotch? It's okay. Yeah. Well, I like butter. This butter, I think it's pretzels with butterscotch or is it that? Whatever it is. It's weird looking, but it tastes good. Uh, Thank you, Christina from Q 106 uh, bringing us some some uh,
3: baked goods. Rowdy, the list. Well, I want to go back first and talk because we we brought what we brought up the Matt Lafleur hire. Remember, because we looked into who was hired. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, or who was running for that head coaching position Dan for Campbell the Packers was on there? Basically, it was a list of a lot of rejects. So it's not like the Packers made the wrong hire. Like you said, Dan Campbell is on that list. You could, you could, I guess, make an argument for him being a better head coach than Matt LaFleur, but it was Matt LaFleur. And the only other really respectable name on there would have been, uh, Jim Caldwell, yeah, Jim Caldwell, former under. former Lions coach who had had a couple of good seasons was kind of more of a retread. Those were really the only three respectable names. The rest were a bunch of nobodies that are still relatively nobodies. Yeah, so it's not like the Packers missed. So on with that all that hire. list, Campbell probably the best. I think you could you could uh, debate Campbell LeFleur. versus Lafleur, yeah. but they were the two best hires. Yes, Caldwell would have been the safe retread.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, now. Looking at the list here for Joe Barry. Yeah, the defensive coordinators. Who's the third choice? Because obviously it was Jimmy Leonard's job at first. Jim Leonard was the guy that turned it down. We know that obviously Joe Barry was in on it because he's the guy that was hired. Here's the rest of the list. Chris Harris. Now, who is Chris Harris? I had to look him up because I wasn't exactly sure. He's currently the defensive pass game coordinator and cornerbacks coach for the Tennessee Titans. So he's working under Mike Vrabel, very respected, you know, NFL mind and defensive side of the football guy. But I'm looking at kind of his his past mm-hmm. and it's not a whole lot to get excited about. Joe Barry was a better hire than what Chris Harris would have been.
1: Chris Harris, uh, I have a list. what to like, his playing experience. What not to like, lack of coaching experience.
3: Yeah, and he, he really hasn't done anything impressive looking at his coaching resume. Uh-huh. So I think Barry was a better hire than Chris Harris.
1: Potentially, yeah.
3: You go down this list, and Bob Sutton was another one. Bob Sutton looking at his current, you know, what is he doing now? He is a senior defensive assistant for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And when you
1: say senior, you mean senior because that guy is old.
3: Yeah, he's he's pretty pretty old. He is 72 years old. He's old. In NFL years. Jacksonville, I mean, they're all right defense, nothing special, but he's a senior defensive assistant. He's in his 70s. Yeah, they say what what to like high-level experience, but what not to like Not clear
1: how his experience will translate with some of the younger guys.
3: Yeah, and you look at some of his past stops, nothing to brag about here. I think Joe Barry was a better hire than Bob Sutton. Yes. Uh, You move on down that list, though, we have some Houston Texan assistant coaches, one being Chris Kiffin. Now, Chris Kiffin is currently the linebackers coach for Houston. Houston actually under D'Amico uh Demico Ryan's has been pretty good and defensively they've been pretty stout, especially for what that roster was the year before and how bad that defense was. So Chris Kiffin, currently a linebacker coach, okay, maybe the, the linebackers have played pretty decent in Houston. You go to the next one, Ryan Nielsen, he's also on that Texan staff or sorry, he is a the Atlanta Falcons defensive coordinator. Atlanta Falcons defense has actually been pretty good this year. Yeah. Uh, he's been pretty solid, especially because of we know how bad that offense is. So he he's been solid. I, I think potentially he could have been a better hire than Barry. They say what what to like
1: is his reputation and results. What not to like is the scheme background for him where so maybe
3: know. he has a different scheme. Well, it, it kind of is true. The Falcons run, a lot more of a hybrid scheme than what Joe Barry's running. They have a lot of guys that fly around all over. So maybe the scheme fit wasn't the best, but in the right scheme, maybe Ryan Nielsen's better than Joe Barry, but maybe not for the Packers with the players they had. Okay. I can understand that. Uh, You look at the other one, Matt Burke. This is the present Houston defensive coordinator. And again, Houston's defense pretty good. D'Amico Ryans, he does not bring in guys that don't know anything, especially being a defensive-minded guy. That could have potentially have been a better hire. But then the other guy. Real
1: quick, uh, for Matt Burke, they say what to like is run game focus and then what not to like is his history. And they say Burke served as Miami's defensive coordinator for two years and his defense is ranked 27th and 26th. So, so, uh, Joe Barry's had the worst defense consecutively, consistently with the Lions and then the Redskins.
3: So essentially, when you look at Matt Burke, it's, well, he stops the run well, but he also has kind of had Joe Barry's success in the NFL, but not quite as long tenured in the NFL as Barry's
1: defenses were ranked a little higher than Barry's were.
3: So (laughs) maybe a pretty comparable comparison. And then your, your last one, and I believe this was the number two pick for Matt LaFleur at the time, because remember they had spent, these two guys had spent time together with the Rams. I'm going to butcher this name, but I want to oh, say it's Ejero yeah. Evarro.
1: That's yeah, a tough name.
3: He is currently the defensive coordinator.
1: Egero Ivaro,
3: For the Carolina Panthers. And now oh, I have the phonetic spelling. Egero Evaro. If you look at what he's <laughs> Roger, done, if you look at what he's done, a lot of people say, oh, the Panthers suck. Oh, the Panthers defense gives up 26 points per game or 25 points per game. They're a bottom four team in the NFL. This guy is no good. But if you go back and look at total defense, total defense, so yards allowed rushing and passing Carolina is third. Third, you know who they're behind the Cleveland Browns and the Ravens. So why do they give up so many points? Maybe it's because the offense has been so bad and they've turned the football over so many times that, yes, the defense could be on the field all the time. And not only that, but short fields. When you turn the football over and the team gets it at the 20 and you give up a touchdown, was your defense really that bad? Yeah, right. So I think looking at it, you dodged a bullet with, you know, just Chris Harris, Bob Sutton. They're clearly worse hires than Joe Barry. I think maybe you could say... Uh, Joe Barry's experience makes him better than Chris Kiffin just because there's a lack of experience there. The Matt Burke, Ryan Nielsen, that's probably splitting hairs at this point. Nielsen because he wasn't a scheme fit. Burke because he's had struggles in the past that were pretty equal to Joe Barry but not quite as long in the NFL. But I don't know, man. I think that uh, number two pick, the, sorry, Jiro Evro. For the Carolina yeah, Panthers, that was probably the best uh, hire to make. Uh,
1: Giro Evero.
3: Yeah, he looks like he was the one to to nail down there.
1: But well, here's the other question: What would what would the Packers' defense be like of Jim Leonard?
3: Who knows? That, that.
1: That's that's the biggest what to like, what not to like. We talked College about this success. earlier. That's it.
3: College success, but also it feels like some of the shine is worn off. I
1: mean, Joe Barry had a defense of what 0 and 16. Historically, the one of the worst defenses ever, and they didn't get any better with the Commanders. Like uh, so some of these knocks and some of these coaches, we, they actually had a better defense than Barry leading up to it. Like, well, I
3: just think overall, looking at uh, did Barry have dirt on somebody? <laughs> looking looking at the candidates that were in the running for the job, it's weird to say, but I don't know if they made the they didn't make the worst decision. I don't. I don't they also think didn't they. Make the best. I don't think they made the best decision. But I, I think they went the safest route. Yeah, I think they did go with the safest route with the guy with the most experience. And looking at it now, I mean, if you had a total of six guys in the running because Jim Leonard turned it down, Joe Barry's probably second, third. Mm. He's, but he's definitely not the worst. It could have went way worse.
1: And uh, yeah, I mean, from what we're reading, potentially, yeah. So I.
3: Yeah, if they would have went with Evero, I think they would have been sitting a lot prettier.
1: Well, they went safe. They, they went, like, safe.
3: And also, he's doing that in Carolina with a, a solid defense, but it's it's much like a defense in Green Bay. It's solid. It's not great. It's got some experience. It's got some talent. But again, it's not some 85 Bears defense. No. So he's still doing a, quite a pretty darn good job with the talent given the fact that that offense is so bad, you know, the special teams, isn't great in Carolina. So uh, overall though, Joe Barry, wasn't the worst hire. He was probably second or third, which, which is kind of scary because if that's the pool that you're potentially picking from, yeah, potentially. Hmm. Maybe okay. there was. I don't remember all of the defensive coordinators that were on the market. Who went where and everything? It was three years ago, but hmm. man, maybe it was just the pool that you were you were picking from wasn't very good. Yeah, think of this. Our guy J.
1: A. Krabs Jordan says uh, he tweeted at me. said, I'll defend Joe Barry. He has zero game records. The next DC will be equally as bad. Well, that's the thing. Like that's got to be the most you know selfless job in America. Be a defensive coordinator for an NFL team. You, it's a no-win situation. Seven minutes ago, Devondre Campbell, Packers linebacker,
3: yeah.
1: at came underscore along underscore way came a long way, Devondre Campbell on Twitter. Here's what he says. Not going out of my way anymore, and I'm not playing through injuries anymore, because when bleep goes wrong, they always use it against you. I'm treating everyone accordingly and giving them the same energy they giving me focus on yourself and your mental 59 you owe it to yourself and then a handshake emoji so is he not playing this week
2: that doesn't it sound like
1: it. sounds like he's not yeah because he said he ain't played through injury
3: well he hasn't looked right since 2021 we know in 2022 he did have a lot of nagging injuries that were hanging around but this year i you know beginning of the year wasn't he banged up a little bit yeah but his ankle injury i haven't heard much since he came back yeah
1: well, many are wondering, did Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur lose the locker room? Especially with the pressure yesterday of LaFleur you know, standing by his man. Yes. Well, uh, let's see here. Joe Barry, according to Eric Stokes, Joe Barry um, had a message to the defense, quote, all the explosive plays, that bleep will get you beat, was his message.
3: Uh, Eric Stokes. All was, the
2: defenses you call will get us beat. Uh,
3: as Packer fans, real quick on the Devondre Campbell, we better hope it's just injuries. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about his five-year <laughs> time, he five he and he's really going to be there for the next two. Then Stokes was asked what confidence, uh,
1: what his confidence is in the Packers' defensive game plan, saying, "Quote: There is a lot of trust in the game plan. There's a lot of stuff as a defense we messed up. There's a lot of things we will look back on film. A lot of people aren't lined up right." An example, Eric Stokes said he should have played Mike Evans' touchdown better. Should have been, quote, stickier in his coverage. Quote, yeah, he gave me a fake nod to the outside, like I was going to be a seven, but still I've got to be more stickier, end quote.
3: That doesn't even sound like a real word.
1: The dude got torched relentlessly.
3: Well, you put him on receivers. (laughs)
1: Like, I
3: mean, Mike Evans
1: is going to torch a lot of people, though.
2: I'd be, yeah, but... A linebacker? Put Preston well, Smith on him. There
3: yeah. were... Hey, he locked <laughs> hey, up, uh, hey, hey. Locked up... Uh, hey, I could be Joe Barry. Put Preston Smith on him. <laughs> I don't care if it's Devondre Campbell or it's Quay Walker. Both guys that in the past or at the Combine showed that they can run with tight ends and with running backs in the flats and tight ends over the middle. Mm-hmm. But if you saw some of the screenshots from, like, overhead views on some of those downs where they were like, you know, second and 29 or whatever it was, second and 14. The safeties were so far back out of the picture and your corners were so far off the receivers and then you give like Devondre Campbell or Quay Walker an assignment on Chris Godwin. I'm sorry, but when your safeties are 20 yards off the ball and your corners are 10 yards off the ball and you ask Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell to cover Chris Godwin <laughs> over the middle in the <laughs> Good when luck. he's got all this cushion, yeah. you're not gonna win that matchup. God, sorry, it's it would be tough enough for them to cover Chris Godwin over the middle if it was a five yard pass. Yeah, the fact that they had to do it fifteen yards down the field, that's LOL
1: stuff. Are we seeing? That's LOL. Are we seeing a splintering now of the Packers locker room? Devondre Campbell ten minutes ago was saying he's just taking care of himself now. I'm not going out of my way anymore. I'm not playing through injuries anymore because when bleep like goes wrong, they use it there. against you. I
3: feel like it's been there already.
1: He's a great Twitter follow, though. He's pretty based. But this is, yeah. Are we seeing the locker room starting to splinter here? With Matt LaFleur up there standing by his man, Joseph
3: David, wait, Joe Barryless. Well, wrong, uh, wrong, wrong know, Joseph. We, we looked up uh, RJ and I looked up Joe Barry's middle name. I know it's not. Jo- he doesn't not have one. He, He's just Joe Barry.
2: You know, there's no government name there.
3: Joseph Joey Barry. Oh, no, I think he Joseph just doesn't Barry. have one, and it makes sense. Joe Barry. He's just plain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding this name. Yeah, all,
1: is it even? Is it even Joseph? Um, that's the other thing. I don't I'm, know. I, I need the research department on this. All right, we'll come back. A wild news of the weird. If Wikipedia says it's just Joe Barry, it, it has to just yeah. be Joe Barry. I mean, Wikipedia is you know always correct and right, so maybe it is. Yeah, I'm going to find this out here. We're going to we're going to get to the bottom of this. News of the weird next, involving uh, an old running back in the NFL. He's got an idea.
3: We should try and edit his, his uh, bio on Wiki. Joe Deep Zone Barry. <laughs> Joe, Prevent <laughs> Joe, pre
1: Berry. uh, We were talking a little bit about salary cap and um, a lot of stuff coming off the books. You um, in the, the math department went in on the, uh, the Packers books. What do you got?
3: Yeah. I look into the salary cap and we were talking with Brett earlier and they have over $66 million in dead cap this year on against their salary. What would that look like next year? And as of now, it's a little it's it's a little under six million dollars, but that doesn't take into account all of the contracts with uh deferred money that that triggers at the end of the season. And if you look at some of the void year contracts that are coming up, that's about another seven million as of right now. so it's it's another seven seven and a half million between deferred money and um and the sorry. Lost my train of thought there for a second. It's about seven and a half million between the deferred money and the void years that trigger. So you'd add that to about the five and a half. So you're sitting there at about twelve to thirteen million a dead cap. But that doesn't take into account like we'll use David Bakhtiari for example. He's going into his final year next season. He's due nearly forty and a half million dollars. Mm. Now, you can cut him. And the dead cap's $19 million, so you'd have to add $19 million to what would roughly be your 12 to 13, mm-hmm. and that would be of money being spent on players not playing for you. But also with the David Bakhtiari releasing you would free up 21 and a half million that would go against your, or that would go for your salary cap that you'd be able to spend then. Cause yes. you wouldn't be spending the 21 million on, on Bakhtiari, but you would have to add his 19 million to your roughly 13 million. So you'd be sitting there at 32 million. So, I mean, there is a little bit of a trade off there. How much do you want in dead cap moving forward of guys being paid, not on your roster, but, but just in the sense of things when all of the the known stuff triggers they'll have between 12 and 13 million of dead cap versus over 66 this year. Hmm. So it's not and I fully believe that they're going to cut some guys that are probably making money that all of a sudden you'll have to put their dead cap earnings yeah. into that but it's not going to be anywhere near The 66, if anything, I could see it being like, I don't know, we'll just say for fun, maybe 30 million or 40 million. But then the big thing like that is, like I said, with Bakhtiari, if you cut them, you're going to automatically have 21 and a half more million to spend on buying players. And yeah, you'd have to add the 19 to the to your dead cap. So that one it's a big number to hang on your dead cap, but you free up a lot of money to spend. So it's kind of a give or take, but we'll see how it all shakes out. But right now only 12 to 13 million in dead cap versus 66 Packers playoffs. Really? Packers place. Well, the 11th seed right now. Yeah. Currently the 11th seed due to tiebreakers, obviously top seven seeds get in. Um, Just looking at it though. You knew, I think a lot of people figured there might be a clunker in those last five games because it's, it's a young team. It, it would just make sense. The NFL is pretty close when it comes to skill level. But losing that second game back-to-back, especially after having that Giants performance, was hard to stomach for the Packers. Now, not unacceptable. eliminated. Not eliminated, but you'd have to imagine that they'd have to win out Robert, to would give you say yourself a shot. That they're on the outside looking in? Well, I'd also say that It's not like it's impossible, right? You have the Vikings, which is a team that's very vulnerable. You have the Bears, who are the Bears. They find ways to lose. And then you have Carolina this week, which is the worst team in the NFL. But looking ahead of them, you have the Vikings, but again, you play head-to-head. They have a game on you. I don't know how that tiebreaker would work out if you go one-and-one against each other. You have the Rams at seven-and-seven. Packers do have the tiebreaker with them if they go head-to-head. You have the Seahawks at seven and seven, no tiebreakers there. You have the Saints at seven and seven. Packers do own the tiebreaker, and then it's the Falcons at six and eight who own the tiebreaker over the Packers. <laughs> but if you if you look at the upcoming week, Packers play the Panthers. You would hope that the Packers could beat the Panthers. You, you would hope it, so. If they lose to the Panthers, Fire them all. Yeah, it's over. There's no shot. Fire like, them all. If you can't beat the Panthers, what are we doing here? But looking at this upcoming week games, it, you know what? The Saints play the Rams. That's two seven and 7-7 seven teams. Someone's got to lose. Packers own the tiebreaker over both of them. Uh, you look at the Falcons have to play the Colts. Colts are 8-6 and six and are favored in that game. Vikings have to play the Lions. Lions haven't locked anything up. They got to win that game. So obviously, yeah. You would, and they're favored. Uh, Packers and and Panthers. You would hope that they could win. Buccaneers play the Jaguars, and as I scroll down here, uh, that is it. But every team that the Packers would need to lose is the underdog.